Anakin's gone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Anakin. For all of it. It's not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. Spoilers did! <laughs> this is spoilers! Spoiler. Obi-Wan. From a certain point of view, hello there! Welcome. So glad to have some of my best, best buddies in the entire world. Brett's on also the phone here. tonight. And Brett, oh, yeah. and Chris, and Kylo, Corey. Kylo. I don't know what order. I guess I guess this is kind of west-foldest to eastest, but we'll start with you. Everyone knows you're kind of our Star Wars dude. You run the Instagram account, Kylo Ren Memes. My opening question tonight that you're going to tackle first is... Pair this piece of media, Kenobi, to what you think is the most similar in quality other piece of media in Star Wars. That could be a film, a cartoon series, a cartoon season, however you want to play that out. Also, introduce yourself and such. Yeah, this is Corey, Kylo Ren memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. And my task is to compare Kenobi with an equivalent piece of Star Wars media. The closest is that right? you can get. Yeah, I was thinking in value, but if you want to make some other comparison, I think that's fine. But take this where it might go. Value is good. It's hard to answer that, though. Um, it's, it's at least up there with the Star Wars Holiday Special starring Mark Hamill <laughs> and Carrie Fisher. Hmm... Yeah, I'm going to go with the Star Wars Holiday Special quality. That's what we Whoa, got here. Too. Wow, I, I, guess, uh, I guess we know where you're at. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever talked about that on a pod or anything? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we did a podcast on that, a big dumb movie. It was a whole thing. April Fool's, yada, yada. You were there. You know that. Um, I don't know. I, I need time for this one to give a, a full answer, but um, maybe Last Jedi-ish? Okay. Well, you know what? Maybe by the end of this pod, you'll have a better answer for that. And I would just say in the meantime, get ready to answer some of the deeper lore questions as we move along through the evening. Is that okay? It's fine. You overestimate my knowledge, though. I happen to like Star Wars a lot, but I'm not one of the knows everything about Star Wars guys. Maybe compared to like some other people, I I might seem that way. But hey, I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm going to let you down. I would never underestimate your powers. You have the high ground. Let's keep moving on over in the middle of, I guess, Simi Valley, California and Fort Wayne lies you. First time podcaster, my old friend, Qui-Gon Chris, as I will call you maybe tonight. (laughs) How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, getting older. Doing good. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Like a force ghost, you're appearing on spoilers tonight. I love it. Last time we hung out, I saw what. What's your vehicle, Chris? What is that? It's a Honda SUV. His Honda SUV. Guess what? Yep. Brett, you'll you'll know him when you see him because it says Qui Gon in the back. Huh. Qualified <laughs> advice. No more truck, Chris. Oh, it's still there. It's still here. Yeah, but that's not the everyday transport. <laughs> 
Chris, I'm so glad to have you on the pod. Anyone with a license plate that says Qui-Gon, and that is also so wise and noble and tall as yourself, deserves to be on the Kenobi spoilers. So anyway, the, the same questions to you. Like, in, in quality, can you mash this up to anything Star Wars related? Yeah, and... I actually haven't watched all the series, but it reminds me of Star Wars Rebels, the animated. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> I think they had a couple seasons of it. <laughs> it definitely seems to cater to a bunch of different audiences. So it definitely takes uh, take everything with a grain of salt, but there's actually some really cool moments too. And there's no particular scene that seems mirrored from that series to this at all that you can think of? Well, it has some pretty cool Sith characters, some good Darth Vader moments. So, Well, this is spoilers, and I'll just put it out there. Darth Vader gets his helmet halfway chopped off in both things. But we'll keep moving on. Easter from West Foldest to Eastest. Brett in Fort Wayne, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Fascinating. I know you've heard the question twice now, so I don't want to have to say it again. You got something cooking? Um, Let's see. As far as quality, I mean, the quality kind of reminds me of the little a bit I've seen of the, of Mandalorian, but I'm going to go with what, hmm, it's kind of like an alternate history type thing. So I'm going to go with Rogue One, which I like probably more than others. So plus it's got the uh, Darth Vader swinging a lightsaber around and I don't know, kind of has that vibe to me. Yeah. Alternate timeline. That's a good theory. That makes this more digestible, I think. I agree. What's the alternate timeline? I think I, Brett gave maybe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but some indication that the events of this movie, or this series, I should say, don't exactly line up with the events of the OT. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would have used the term alternate, but yeah, like kind of shoehorning stuff in. Um, but also kind of not really caring about the ripple effect, but that's okay. I'm here for it. doesn't bother me. Okay. Well, that's enough talk and vagaries. Let's actually get down to the nitty gritty about what this series is. And Kylo, I, I asked you to get ready to talk about deep, deep lore. <laughs> so here's a question and something that I don't think a lot of Star Wars casuals are familiar with. The whole series starts out with the grand... In- inquisitor and these people referring to each other as numbered brothers or sisters um can you get just give a little bit of background and maybe who they are and like what's going on here at the very beginning of kenobi part one well the good news josh is that you don't have to know jack shit because they literally explain it in their first scene (laughs) so (laughs) doesn't require any kind of deep-seated knowledge because it is exactly the way they give it to you in Rebels, which is where you also see Inquisitors and the Grand Inquisitor, who everyone knew was not dead because he's in Rebels, which takes place later. Um, but suffice to say, they're dark side users. I, I don't like to say the word Sith loose or loosely because people kind of get rule of two. People get iffy on that, and like it's never really made sense the whole Sith thing. So they're they're dark side users some of which are former Jedi, probably most, I'd say. And, you know, they basically are Darth Vader's uh, 
I don't want to say like henchmen because they're like they're better than henchmen, right? These people aren't stormtroopers. They're like generals in the old empire. Quick question then. If most of this is explained and I agree with you, it's pretty much very put out there. Very like they explain it clearly. But timing-wise, from the events that we see with Vader first being put in the suit in Revenge of the Sith, how soon does he start gathering up this crew? Do you know anything about that? I don't know exactly, but um, the way it's played out, it has to be within at least a few years, right? Because these people are, are pretty adept, and according to like you know prequel logic, it takes a while to get like trained to be able to use the force successfully. I know the dark side is a faster path, so they do have that advantage, but you know, at least a few years. Like they've probably been working under him for five years or less, I'd say. You know, they they go to a bar at the very beginning, uh, I think on Tatooine, and they're kind of like interrogating the bar owner. They're shaking him down. And the main guy, the Grand Inquisitor, who has like a fucking awesome presence about him. He's like, you know, he's got an accent and he's very like, he's kind of like regal in his own way. He's not like a, I don't know. He's like, he's like an intimidating factor with his voice alone, I'd say. He, he doesn't necessarily have to muscle anyone. But he goes to the barkeep and he's like, do you know who we are? And he's like, yeah, you're Inquisitors. He's like, do you know what we do? And like, that's kind of like where they lay it all out. Which, by the way, I just saw a meme right before this recording. And he says, do you know what we do? And he says, yeah, you inquisit. And I thought that was great. <laughs> I can see why Reva is getting kind of pissed off. Because, like, he does he monologue like this every bar he goes to? Like, she's heard this speech. Oh, dude, I times. love that. He's methodical. That's I think that's what's cool about that dude. Like, I love seeing him. Like, he's, you know, one of those, like, yeah, slow moving. He kind of gives a lot of speeches. He's kind of a... A grandiose villain in the sense that like you know he's he he shows up and he wants it to be like a big event right like everyone kind of gathers around and he makes a big british accent speech he's kind of like a grand moff tarkin <laughs> guy chris brett do you guys have anything else to say about this like opening scene and would you like to have the inquisitor as your boss undercover boss the inquisitor <laughs> go ahead chris yeah, I will say, whatever Sith school he went to, it seemed like he studied theater. He definitely has good stage presence. You know who we are. Inquisitors. You know what we do? You hunt Jedi. The Jedi hunt themselves. Do you know the key to hunting Jedi, friend? It is patience. No, I thought it was a great intro. This, I thought the uh, series got off to a good start, and it starts, I guess, making me wonder what's so special about Tatooine, and why does it feel like people forget about it so often? Everything. Yeah. You haven't learned what's special about Tatooine at this point in the Star Wars fandom? <laughs> it's the most important fucking planet in the galaxy. There's just... Just random lightsabers buried in different spots. Yeah, that wasn't even Obi-Wan's. He just found one. Like, that's that's how much shit goes on in Tatooine. <laughs> Do you guys know that they have actually two sons? <laughs> Knowledge nugget. <laughs> Damn, deep cuts. Please, please continue, Chris. Well, as I, it was the first introduction to Reva, which I... 
I was confused at first because when I heard sister, I, I was thinking back to the um, what planet Dathomir, where Darth Maul comes from, where they got the um, the sisters and the brothers, and they have the the red patterns on their faces. But I had to re-educate Ooh. myself on what exactly <laughs> the sisters were, um, and they they come up in um, Fallen Order too. I'm not sure if you guys have ever played that game. That's a pretty fun one where you play Calcastus. Like I think within a few years of Order sixty six, bro, is that even canon? I think it is actually, yeah. Oh, and I believe out of here. that dude's getting a series, so we can expect to see more of this era. Yeah, I'm all just for kidding. it. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I'm all for it. Uh, I mean, I think we can take the Inquisitor and his staff kind of to completion here as we kind of walk through the series as a whole, but. There's a little bit of power maneuvering that I think is somewhat interesting between like, I don't know, Brother 12 and Reva's character who kind of flits between being called Reva and Sister 3, I think. But yeah, third sister. you don't end up seeing like, I don't know. I You get the feeling a lot of the series is introducing Reva as a character and setting some villains in her way, which will be that he's not actually the 12th brother. I'm sorry. He's the fifth brother. And uh, yeah, he... I liked when he Tokyo drifted into the bar. <laughs> yeah, so very famously, the the fifth brother is the actor that plays Han in the Fast and yeah. Furious franchise. You know, he's in Tokyo Drift, of course. But this dude, man, they fucking did him dirty <laughs> by giving him a goddamn rice hat, right? Like a space rice hat, like a fucking Raiden, <laughs> like sci-fi Raiden hat. Is it that's a hat or up. part of his head? <laughs> I know it's in the cartoon, so like that's like the excuse, but like someone had to have been like, hang on a second. Like <laughs> I feel you on that. Let me take a step back and look at this objectively. <laughs> I think one more from this scene too is um, or this episode is kind of comparing back to the prequels, like episode one, two, and three. It seemed like even for the non human type creatures there was a lot more like differences compared to just a standard human body. So I, it was interesting just from a, I guess, set and costume standpoint that, you know, the Quisitor's head is a little more round as opposed to being el- elongated really long. Um, so yeah, it was just almost like alternate reality, alternate storyline, kind of like what Brett said earlier. Well, I feel like we should at least bring up the fact that also in this scene is Corey's boy. Benny Safty. Ah, oh, yes, my son, Benny Safty. <laughs> uh, he plays uh, a very small role in this series, and I was hoping for more of him, but he's not yeah. so much a character as he is like a, a plot device, right? Like, he's uh, he's inserted at the service of other characters more than himself, but it is cool to see him as in just a strictly acting role. And it does make me think that that dude is a pretty good actor when I compare him in this to like good time have you seen licorice pizza not yet he's got a small-ish role but he's pretty i mean it's pretty good he's he handles himself pretty well so brett yes get us over the hump of the inquisitor crew we have tell us the whole story of reva she goes from part of this crew and what unwinds with her uh, in this episode, or am I going in the past of her story? Or we're going to get to no, that later. No, what happens in 
the series with her. Let's just lay out her whole story right now. Okay, so she's the main main bad for the first, I don't know, three, four episodes before Vader kind of starts getting in. She is just doing her job and rounding up Jedi to kill. But um, Which that guy they see on Tatooine, he is like the exact same like starter character when I was like in Knights of the Old Republic. Like he's such a typical general just Jedi beginner. <laughs> Did you catch on yeah. to that, Chris? He's classic. Dude, the Grand Inquisitor is exactly like my character in Star Wars: The Old Republic. That That's MMO. what That's you look like, oh. dude. He was ex- he was like that. He was a a, <laughs> a Sith sorcerer, and in my mind, he plays exactly the way the Grand Inquisitor <laughs> plays him in this movie. So it, I fucking loved it. That dude is the heretic. That what was my th- character name. Just real quick before we come back to Brett with Reva, Chris, what do you think about that random Jedi guy who gets strung up? He seemed pretty vanilla to me. He didn't really stick out to me. I didn't recognize him for anything, but he's just your starting character, like before you have like barely any force powers. Like he You're still using a Vibra sword? <laughs> your... Yeah. He has force pull level one and he manages to like pull a blanket to get away one time. But like the next sh- time they show him, he's like done for. Anyway, sorry, Brett. Tangent. That's fine. Um, are we supposed to assume that uh, that he was a youngling too that didn't finish his training? Is that kind of what we're supposed to gather? Yeah. He tells Ben that he remembers him and like, we looked up to you or something. So, okay. Something like that, right? Because, because Reva would have been not con- finished her training either, but I'm guessing the Inquisitor and stuff, they teach them because she was pretty powerful for a youngling who was stopped her training when she was like nine. Yeah, I mean, she didn't maintain at that same level for moving forward. She lifts, bro. Yeah. She went to the gym a few times and now she's good. (laughs) But she's pretty much looking, she's trying to get the big fish the whole time. She wants to prove herself. She's a She's a street rat. Basically, that's kind of what, you know, she's like the Aladdin of the world. I mean, she made it to the Jedi Temple to to learn. I don't get where where she came from, but she was, she's got a chip on her shoulder and she really wants to prove herself, but she also wants to like pretty much kill all of her brothers and sisters, I guess, but. But deep down, she wants to kill Darth Vader. Like, that's, we find that out in what season, in episode five. So she's hunting down Obi. She wants to get Obi. But Street Rat? What's her plan the whole time? Riff Raff, Street Rat? I don't buy that. I don't <laughs> buy that. Actually, like, okay. This is something I think maybe we, the four of us, can put our heads together and figure out. And I've heard a little bit of hate about this on the internet, but. Is she really a street rat if she was like a Jedi Padawan? That's literally what I said a couple minutes ago. I I don't get that. And then further, her whole motivation in this is to like get revenge on presumably Darth Vader. The Sith. For killing the youngling. And she also blames Obi-Wan, which I get. But in the on her way to do that, she's like this vanilla Jedi guy we just described, she kills him. And we think he was a pa- Padawan. Help me figure out Reva's motivation and like 
Does it make sense? I need help too. <laughs> I feel like she's doing her job up until the point where she gets to get her revenge. But I mean, her job, Corey, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, aren't the Inquisitors going around trying to round up all the Jedi and kind of like, do they give them a choice at that point? Or is it kind of like, yeah, you're going to, we're going to kill you. Kill him. Okay. Cause I know like the younger ones, I think I saw, I read that they offered them to join the dark side. And if they didn't, they killed him. But yeah. So she wants to get close to Vader. She knows the way to get close to Vader is to bring in Kenobi. So that's why she's fixated on Kenobi when all the other inquisitors are just doing their, you know, regularly assigned tasks of non Kenobi, former Jedi. So they're just tracking down whoever's reported to have used the force, you know, going off rumors or like, you know, whatever they've been hearing on presumably their version of the internet. And her fixation is Kenobi. And it's all because of her backstory, which we see, I think, pretty well actually um, added into the series at various times, starting with the very beginning. It's actually the very first thing we see in the series is the attack on the Jedi Temple, the very famous Order 66, right? That fucked her up. You know, she was just a little kid. She got stabbed directly by Darth Vader, pre-suit Darth Vader. Uh, So she has like, you know, has this thing in her head. She's very focused on revenge. And that's probably why she fell to the dark side in the first place. She hid amongst the bodies like recently reported in a school shooting in America. Like it's. I thought that timing of that writing was pretty insane. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that story. Hopefully not for your sakes. It's terrible. But I I think, Corey, what I'm getting at, though, is she, you kind of breezed over it. But she wants Vader ultimately, right? And why does she want Vader? Because he killed Jedi. And what is she doing to try to get close to Vader? Killing Jedi. Can you reconcile this? She has become the very thing she swore to destroy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just a classic Sith move, I think, or a dark side user move to become consumed by, you know, a single thought, in this case, revenge. And that's taken her over and she doesn't care what she has to do to get revenge as long as she gets the satisfaction of this one thing. Doesn't matter to her. I don't think she's thinking it through logically. You know, she doesn't have the mindset of a Jedi or even a, a logical, sane human being, right? She just wants revenge, and that's all there is to it. Now, Obi-Wan, at some point in the series, says to her, you're hunting him, referring to Darth Vader, which I think is a stupid fucking line. I just want to say that before I forget, or before we like don't come back to this area <laughs> of the story again. Because she's not hunting Darth Vader. That's not what she's doing. She's working for him and attempting to get close to him so that she can kill him, yes, and we kind of see her attempt at that later, but... Yeah, how'd that go? Certainly not hunting him. Lord Vader will have you at any cost. You mean Anakin? You knew who Vader was. Back on Daiu, how did you know that? Vader would have kept that hidden. And you're too young to have known him. Unless you were there. It doesn't matter where I was. The night of Order 66, you were a youngling. That's how you knew you saw him. Stop. Anakin killed the others. That's enough. He killed the other younglings, enough. but somehow you Enough! Saw- 
They were the only family I knew. And he slaughtered them. You're not serving him, are you? You're hunting him. Did they actually show her getting stabbed as a youngling? Yes. Okay. So I guess you can set lightsabers to stun now. That's one of the grains of salt in the series. She was standing right next to that kid and said, Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? (laughs) (laughs) The traffic's fine, youngling. (laughs) No one dies from lightsabers anymore. That was like, (laughs) that only happens in the OT. Besides Chris being one of my best friends, half of the reason I invite him on this pod is for this particular point. Three times we're seeing people get stabbed through the middle with lightsabers in this series. Uh, young and old Reva, so I'm counting that as two, and also the Inquisitor. And your boy, Qui-Gon, fell to the very <laughs> same move. It really is. I threw my hands up in... Uh... In disgust or bewilderment at various times in this, and as each time that came up, I just could not put together why lightsabers were not lethal anymore. And between that weapon being having a stun phase and a kill phase, and seeming people having multiple personalities, and them just kind of plucking out what works best for the storyline for whatever episode, it was really hard for me to follow and believe. Yeah, I'd like to think that after someone gets stabbed in the gut with a lightsaber, Boba Fett shows up, takes him to the fucking robo mechanic shop and gives him robot guts every time. So like he's constantly just peeking around the corner waiting for that to happen, (laughs) like you did with Fennec, you know? Uh, What's the name of the guy he kills at the end of that series? Uh, Kind of the big bad with the shootout. Cad Bane? Yeah, Cad Bane. Is he going to live after getting stabbed? Also not dead. None of them are dead. Legacy (laughs) characters can live forever. Dude, that's insane. Is that not insane? Okay. Let's just continue on. Because if we're going to kind of walk our way through it, which I want us to do a little bit so people can relive the series as they listen. I guess we're still in part one. And I just want to hit on Obi-Wan is living his life as basically old Ben here. He's in a cave. He's kind of like peeking in on Luke through binoculars. Honestly, what you see in the trailer of Luke through binoculars is about 50% of what we get of him in the whole series. Um, And there's some really good storytelling in here. And for maybe some places where the writing fails in the middle of this series, when Obi-Wan is doing his day-to-day life, and he's working as like a meat miner and he's stealing against the Jedi code, if you will. He's stealing a little bit of meat each day for like that little animal horse thing that he rides across the desert. Like Mm -hmm. what was captivating about this? It's just showing his new normal, really showing how he's getting by, you know, trying to stay humble and maybe how, help explain how he got into a rut and was maybe losing his force sensitivity and maybe showing why he was struggling to even connect with a little master Qui-Gon. Josh. Yeah. I, I mean, 
it's not just America that's got 8.2% inflation. That Tatooine got hit really hard, too. <laughs> so he's got to take what he can. I feel like most of the people in line next to him are like muttering, let's go, Brandon, as they're like getting their wages <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, if they were smart. Corey, before we get out of episode one, did any part of you wish that we saw more of his day-to-day life before we started getting into space adventures? No, his day-to-day life sucks, so I I don't need to spend a whole lot of time there. (laughs) But I do understand and appreciate what they tell us in the amount of time we spend, right? Because this is very clearly set 10 years after Order 66, after Revenge of the Sith. Obi-Wan is in isolation and he's fucking depressed. And I love that aspect of it, right? Like there's a a big difference of Obi-Wan at the beginning of this series and Obi-Wan in A New Hope. And at the beginning of the series, he's still riding that wave of being disconnected from the force, losing everything that he worked on his whole life, losing his friends and family, you know, not real family, but you know, he says later the Jedi were like his family. He is sad. He's very sad, and I like that because he would be sad. His life would suck. You know, what is he gonna do? He's just working a fucking nine to five, and it like it's hot as fuck. And he's like, you know, he's got to like clock in like old style, like it's like a system that you pull down the fucking thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a pain, man. It's depressed. Obi Wan is a, I think, a good place for us to start with him. And he's looking after a kid that doesn't know he's never met before, essentially, and doesn't get to meet, and. The, this episode ends with kind of the inciting incident of the series, and that's when Bail Organa calls up Obi on his uh, like little hidden cell phone buried in the dust, and he's like, "Hey, they got Leia because she was a turd, and instead of like getting ready for the ball, she like <laughs> ran away into the trees and got taken away. So this- the red hot chili peppers showed up. <laughs> Dude. They sang some songs about Los Angeles. They took Leia and they split. The whole band was supposed to show up and it was just flea, unfortunately, but at least he had clothes on when he kidnapped her this time. Um, Worst fucking chase I've ever seen in star Wars is between little Leia and the red hot chili peppers oh. like that. That, She's running a half a mile an hour. It's like really embarrassing. It's fucking pathetic how that fucking came out on screen. Like that is really bad. They should have done that one over. I was assuming some force assist jumps there. Oh. The force is protecting her, no? Nope. No. Okay. This is one <laughs> of the things that Chris was dogging on to over a text message earlier this week. Have you recovered from this at all yet, Chris? I just have to laugh at it. Um, the only way I can explain it is if you've any read, if, if you've read any of the books, there's different types of Jedi, and there's ones that are good at combat. There's ones that are good at maybe magical type stuff, and then there's ones that are like good about just casting an aura on other people, or maybe a battleground and like rallying the troops. And I just have to assume. Maybe Luke has the fighting genes and Leia has the, I will just have these guys have confusion and lack of sense of direction on where she's going. See, Kylo? I like this. You really, <laughs> really got to reach uh, to say that Leia was using the force on these guys or the force was intervening. 
because there's really nothing <laughs> in the text of the show that indicates that. You got to like read non-canon old books to like <laughs> determine that that's true now. So like, I don't agree with that. And on this scene, I don't remember the camera having all the jiggle jiggle to it. How we saw that in like episodes four and five and later on, but the camera don't jiggle jiggle folds. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was going for. Yes. But yeah, what a ridiculous scene. Um, But I'm glad we got through it. I'm glad the story kept going from there. Episode two. It's like, they're still running. Like (laughs) that's episode two. It's called the great chase. Part two is just called part two, and it actually has, I think this is the one where Kenobi is like, he's got like Leia in hand, and he's trying to get her back, and they're just on the run, but at least like, it's making more sense now. It's not just two grown men chasing a girl that can't catch her like from 10 feet away. This is more like trying to like blend into the city, and there's this really cool scene where like Reva is on top of a building and she's just like waiting and you're like how can she look at a whole city but then there's like some pretty cool star wars shots to me of like blasters off a couple city blocks away with like a lightsaber kind of blocking some of them crappily because it's like obi-wan with very few powers is there anything redeeming here in the chase for you guys like after we get out of the woods and with Obi-Wan again. Do you guys like any of this stuff? There's some parts of episode two that I think are pretty good and other parts that are lame and or boring. Lay them out. Well, we get to see, you know, a little bit of like a blaster fight in the alleys of whatever planet this is. I think this is a cool planet for Star Wars. Like, you know, there's always like these like seedy yet city-like planets uh, in other media, namely the games, right? So it's cool to see it in a show, like, in a prominent way, as opposed to, like, just, like, Tatooine, which has its own, like... Corey, let's, let's let the fans know, like, this would be a type of city where you could buy death sticks. Like, that's, like, the kind of city. We're seedy, dirty... Oh, yeah, Obi-Wan enters a meth lab at some point. He literally goes into a meth lab. There was like a bunch of Breaking Bad memes that came Dude, out of that. That's how he gets away from Flea. He throws Death Stick on the ground and he doesn't breathe it in. <laughs> death Stick bomb. Sorry, I interrupted you, but I just figured I had to get Death Sticks in there. Yeah, there's some shootouts in here like later on in the episode. And I thought this dude was going to be a bigger part of the series. It's a guy. I think it's supposed to be Forlom. You guys know Forlom, right? I do not. He's a like bounty hunter droid. He's like one of the bounty hunters oh. that Vader had like on the Star Destroyer. Wait, Empire. how do you sp- how do you spell that? Because I want to see it, what his picture is. It's the number four and then dash L O M. Dude, did you have his card back in the day? Like fifty yeah. copies of his card. <laughs> oh, yeah, bro. <laughs> you know I'm on that fucking horde, dude. Yes, I know this guy. He's like C three PO, but with like uh like one eyed face with a different head yeah Yeah. he's like a c-3po with a different head you can tell they just use that like prop and then put like a different helmet on him (laughs) exactly but he has a little bit of a shootout and just gets killed like pretty quickly but he was in the trailer and i was like holy shit they're bringing in forlom so like i thought this series was going to be a totally different thing i thought it was going to be like bounty hunters going after kenobi and then like he takes him out and then like the inquisitors have to get involved 
And I thought for sure, and this isn't like really related episode two, but I thought for sure <laughs> we were going to see Jar Jar. No. And I was like, man, what if like the opening is like the Inquisitors show up and they like uh, interrogate Jar Jar and then they kill him because he won't give him any info. I was like, that'll make everyone happy. Like the prequel lovers who get to see Jar Jar again and the prequel haters who get to see him dead. I would have broken my heart. Yeah, it'd be pretty pretty funny. I think I researched that the most up-to-date canon, I really think it is that Jar Jar lived out his days as like a street performer and like was like Prostitute. a Prostitute. Uh, if you read between oh, the yeah. lines, with I that, think so. With that tongue? Bro. With that tongue? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. If I may, back to the Death Six comment. The... Uh, Younger lady who tried to sell Obi Wan or did give him one was actually his IRL daughter. If I understand really? correctly, yeah. So a little cameo there. Yeah, she shows up and she's like, "Everyone has a daughter," or she says some line that's like very on the nose, right? She's like, "Yeah, we're all someone's daughter," and then like looks at the camera and like winks, so then everyone applauds or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Esther McGregor, yeah. So huh. in episode one you get a shadow of Vader. Just kind of like, you know, you hear about him. In episode two, Reva tells Kenobi flat out that, like, he's still alive. So there's, like, a hint of him. And then when you get into three, this is where we finally get a scene of kind of, like, Obi-Wan seeing him in the flesh, I was going to say, but in the machine flesh would maybe be more appropriate. Um the chase continues with like Leia and Kenobi. Like this kind of lasts almost the whole season. But uh, Brett, I want to throw this to you. Is there anything from like episode three that really caught your eye here? As um, we're introduced to Tala and all those other events start taking place. I was. I just get really, really mad when. I mean, they had like a ten-minute head start on Riva, and the fact that didn't make it in time just makes me really mad yeah you totally I don't know I thought this was a pretty cool episode this is the one where no wait is this the one where he... they have the safe house and they meet Obi and Darth Vader fight right yep yeah or at least see each other I don't know I thought that was pretty cool like another cool little they're not on Tatooine there are they no. No, this is the mining planet. But it's cool seeing other, you know, I know you like that, Corey. Cool seeing other planets. You know, Tatooine's a classic, obviously, but, you know, it's nice to see other places. And it's, I don't know, pretty cool. Um, kind of got vibes of The Force Awakens, the very big early scene where you meet Kylo for the first time. Uh, kind of going through, looking for people. Yeah. Kind of got some vibes of that. And Corey, I know it was leaked kind of before the series even started that there was going to be two skirmishes between Vader and Obi-Wan. Were you privy to that information going in? I didn't want to believe it. (laughs) Believe it or not, brother, it's here. But yes, I heard things. Break down this first one because I, I was actually thinking that was in part four, but you guys are totally right. That's in part three. Please break down what happens here because I think this is kind of sets the stage for what the series is all about. Yeah, I'll give my opinion on it after, but to 
Uh, to break it down, you know, young Leia and Obi-Wan are kind of running their way through this planet that they happen to arrive on, trying to find a way out. They meet an ally, um, but eventually word gets to Vader that Obi-Wan is there. Not to convolute it, but they're just literally like, they sneak to the nearest transit that takes them to this ship. Like they're not even controlling what planet they're on at this point, right? They're just simply on the run looking for the next place to run to, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the goal is to get back to Alderaan, of course, but you know, they're, sure. they're taking it one step at a time. So they're hiding out. Darth Vader arrives very quickly on this planet. And this isn't something that I thought would happen so quickly, but he does arrive there, which I, I think is is good. If he's going to show up, it shouldn't be one of those things where it's like, oh, the next episode, they're gone. And then he shows up. He gets there. He's looking for Obi-Wan in an area where he's pretty sure Obi-Wan is hiding out in. And the way he draws him out is basically just by killing random people or picking him up with the force, choking him out. He, he kills, I think, one guy, actually, but it's a what appears to be like a teenager, right? Or, or maybe even a preteen, a kid. So Darth Vader is like not just killing civilians, but young people. Women and children, uh, oh my gosh. I thought it was an Sad. old dude that he killed, like broke his neck, like instantly. He chokes an old dude. The old dude's son comes out. Then he breaks the son's neck. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, yeah, that was dirty. He basically uh, does get to the point where he tracks down Obi-Wan and he faces Obi-Wan in the flesh for the first time in 10 years. But Obi-Wan is not the Obi-Wan of old. He doesn't really have his connection to the Force the same way he used to. Definitely hasn't been training. He's more or less cut himself off from the Force at this point. And uh, Darth Vader just proceeds to kick the shit out of him. I have a rewrite for what happens here. Because I think what you're going to get to, opinion-wise, correct me if I'm wrong, Kylo, is that, like, Vader basically lets him go. Like, one, one lady, Tala, with, like, two shots of a blaster is able to, like, help Obi-Wan escape against a squadron of stormtroopers plus Vader. And that doesn't really make sense, right? Am I getting to what you were going to say? That is definitely a thing that I think doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's one of them. I think what would have been effective here, and I I hate it when other people do stuff like this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like, I wish Vader would have killed a couple more people and Obi-Wan would have just like froze up, but he would have like just like chickened out totally. I like that better, definitely. I mean, it is cool to see Vader like light a fire and then use the force to pull Obi-Wan through it as like his sadistic form yeah. of revenge. Agreed. Because obviously we all know what happened to Vader. Ah, I hate but I don't know if this works with the existing canon. And that's probably my biggest problem with this series is like I, what, everything that's happening is it's so major to these characters like i it just doesn't seem to fit well with the original trilogy but it's another 10 years before the original trilogy right so doesn't vader pretty much only say it's a presence i haven't felt since i mean that could still be true no, right he's like you know when last we met uh you were the oh, master you were the master ah or something like that but he's right yeah but he's a liar though he said well Obi-Wan does kick the crap out of him at the end of this. 
Yep. So maybe. Yeah, it's not what he's saying though. He's like, he's yeah. like, when we last met was back when you were the Jedi Master <laughs> and I was the the, the Padawan to you. The Padawan. Not like you beat me that one time. <laughs> yeah. I beat you first, but then the next time you beat me. He doesn't say that. He doesn't Agreed. even imply yeah. that. There's like, again, you got to do these fucking gymnastics to like make this stuff work. And a lot of it, you got to be honest, it just doesn't. Yeah. And I think they could have avoided that in a couple places, especially because more effective than dragging Obi-Wan through the coals is him killing random people. Like, that's equally heartless as, like, the younglings thing. Like, it's terrible, but at the same time, it's, like, makes sense for his character. And then also, there's a shot of Obi-Wan like, looking through kind of some window panes as Vader turns the corner in a street that was some good shit right there like that was enough for this episode for for me i guess i don't know chris brett i got a few things here so i was shaking my head at the fact that a jedi is on the run looking like a jedi he could at least throw on like a black robe or a white robe or I don't know, put on a helmet. That seems to be pretty popular. A three-piece uh, suit? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Maybe cut off the Tries beard. Just like an earthling. <laughs> yes. Um, but holy crap, that magical tunnel. I think we had three or four people enter it in a certain order, and they came out different ends in, in a different order. So I, I was just imagining if you looked at this tunnel from above, it was a circle with a couple lines through it maybe it looked like the classic peace sign and people were just running down different paths at the same time yeah because how did tala get by reeve reva yeah yeah so there must have been a side shoot there or invisibility cloak and that was that took a little bit of a stretch for speed there you go. Which, yeah. which has been used, what, once in the, yeah, was, the movies ever? It's only used off screen for speed. You can't use it while anyone's looking. And I think at this point in the series, what, we're three episodes in, we're starting to see flashbacks to the prequels, episodes one, two, and three. And I know there's a lot of different opinions about how good those were, but personally, I always enjoyed them. And I was absolutely cheesed that these were being brought in as like content buffers and hearkening back to the good days. Like I, I really enjoyed that, but maybe that's my Qui-Gon bias. No, I agree. And I'm kind of pissed that I skipped that opening, like four minute segment where they kind of like go through the story of where Obi-Wan is now based on the prequels. I love that part. Didn't you guys think that was cool? A cool look at the prequels, actually. You mean Order 66? Order 66 and like all the flashbacks they do at the very, very beginning, even before like the Grand Inquisitor, Fifth Brother and Third Sister, like go to that bar. (laughs) You know what I mean? The opening was really cool. Yeah, I think the opening is just the Order 66 scene, right? Is there not more to it than that? There's more later, for sure. And and they have a they have like a flash like a review of everything that's happened before yeah that's what i'm talking about but that's not really oh you mean that the, the this the prequels recap before the show starts yes it's the pre-cap. Right. did you not like yeah, that Corey? it's fine i mean i've seen it all <laughs> it's, it's fine 
I wasn't like, oh my God, this is amazing. I was like, okay, yeah, I remember. You refer to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the force. You believe it's this boy? Anakin Skywalker, meet Obi-Wan Kenobi. Clouded this boy's future is. The boy is dangerous. They all sense it. Why can't you? An apprentice you have, Qui-Gon. Impossible to take out a second. Obi-Wan is ready. I am ready to face the trials. You've been a good apprentice, Obi-Wan. I foresee you will become a great Jedi Knight. Obi-Wan, promise me you will train the boy. Yes, Master. He will bring balance. Master Yoda, I gave Qui-Gon my word. Your apprentice, Skywalker, will be. You could skip it. What took us so long? Okay, but with how cheesy the prequels can be, it's nice to see it presented like this from the official, not from like a Topher Grace edit, but from the official company that does Star Wars. Like, hey, these are the kind of the cool parts of the prequels that we're going to go off of and let direct this it got me hyped i don't want to derail us and go all the way back to the beginning (laughs) so we could just move on from that um i want to do a little quick spoiler tala we i like her kind of as a character but she dies really quick she's like maybe an early example of like a rebel soldier sacrificing herself for the cause they're calling it the path at this point chris did you like the setup for the spark that could be the fire that could light a rebellion yeah i think this was a uh, where the show started getting creative and pushing off from what the previous movies had been showing one i was excited to see this character return i recognized her from game of thrones and and knew that she kind of had this cunning side she could portray. So it was cool to see how much Obi-Wan relied on her. And I was disappointed. I actually missed how, I guess, what ultimately took her life because I literally got up to refill a beverage. (laughs) I was watching the show, and I came back, and and, uh, something had happened to her. And I think I read about a grenade rolled past her. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a thermal detonator, my friend. (laughs) My bad. See, yes, I was pouring in a different room at this point. I guess Um, it depends on how you look at it. The way I look at it, she was killed by stormtroopers. How do other people look at it? (laughs) Well, I mean, it's it's funny because we're talking about like, you know, she's an interesting character. She's kind of cool. She's being set up in in a major way in the series. But like... That's not how you want your legacy. I was killed by stormtroopers. Imagine her force ghost telling that story. It's like just uh, stormtroopers. They got gotcha, you, huh? Damn, it's a lot of them. Gotcha? a lot of them for real. Stormtroopers. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely deserves a force ghost, though. She played a good role in this one. I know it's shocking, but Obi Wan does save Leia. She's trusted with like these people from the path, and they do return her safely. So that ends well. 
But we haven't really talked about Leia. I think that child actress did a pretty good job. Were you guys surprised to see this much Leia? I, I was like me too. Three or four episodes. She's top one, two or three characters in those episodes, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a sublime performance that um, someone so young can play such an integral role. I mean, some of the some of the plot lines were were definitely crafted for. I don't know. It was we had to be creative with how we perceived them, but. Her performance really was dynamic. I was impressed. I think almost everything with Leia works really well. Her performance, yeah. like you said, um, her placement in the story for the most part, with one, I guess, kind of major exception, and that's the fact that she spent a week or so palling around with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, that was the first, one of the first things anywhere. I was like, does this work with canon? Which is a question that I asked myself many times in this series and again my biggest gripe with this series right i'm like so she just fucking knew this dude like really well like he was like a a second father figure to her for a time in her life i don't know if that jives man well she knows him how else does she know him what do you mean how else does she, well she knows him in star wars like not really i mean in a new hope she's like you were my dad's friend like in that voice message right. she sends through R2. She's like, you used to be friends with my dad. He's asking that you help him out again with this thing we have going on. She's not like, Obi-Wan, I've missed you. You know, how have you been doing? You really helped me out that one time. I need your help again. It's not that. So well, she doesn't miss again. Him. You got you got to do the gymnastics to make it work. If you notice when he comes to visit her later on, she hugs her droid first. Yeah, for real. She's already forgotten about him. He gets the <laughs> Chewbacca treatment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another point with Leia was the fact that she was the only one able to fit into the service room for the escape hatch for the escape bay door. Chris, you're an you're an engineer. Give us some give us some feedback. Like what's going on with this roof that won't open and like her get in the vents, like from an engineer's perspective. Like what's going on here? Is there any truth to this? Well, it's I do find it weird that the room she's in with trying to figure out what wires aren't connected. I'm not sure if that's a service area. But that seems to be a totally different area than what the uh, rebel leader is working in trying to override the doors. So we got we got two different rooms controlling the same set of doors. One of the rooms only a child can be in, and it's a really dark room, and she can't see the glowing, obviously evil hack job on her yeah. <laughs> floating droid. So I would think if you're going to have a, a hacking device on a droid, maybe you just take over the droid's operating system and don't turn the colors red. That was some <laughs> Disney storyline <laughs> there. What the fuck is she doing in there? What does she expect to accomplish in there? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, again, that's force sensitivity. She's not a combat force user. She just understands things. She's a mechanical force user? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so got some of her father in her. That was definitely showing through in that scene. Mm. Brett, what do you think about the marketing of this? Because like... The trailer was very much romanticizing Obi-Wan watching over Luke. And I guess maybe they didn't trust the child actor who played Luke very much. Because he's, I don't even know if he speaks in this. It's clearly Leia who's the focus. Did you feel like 
deceived well, at all. I think that I heard Ryan Johnson directed the trailer and he just wanted to subvert everybody to the expectations. So I think it was genius. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. I mean, I don't know, Josh. I, I didn't, I wasn't like on pins and needles waiting for this. Uh, I've, we haven't finished the first season of Mandalorian. We haven't watched Boba Fett. I mean, like, I like Star Wars. I was getting into some, I used to really love it, but I've definitely gotten some Star Wars fatigue. Um, but I don't know, this kind of brought me back. So I liked the way it went, I guess. I mean, we got away from Tatooine, which is nice. Have we ever seen uh, Leia's home? I'm drawing a blank on what it's called. Alderaan. Have we ever seen that planet before? Besides getting it blown up? I think this is the first time we get a non-explodey Alderaan in a Star Wars movie or TV show. Did you like that line where he's like, Leia, someday you'll be in charge of all this. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I actually made a comment. It's like, nope, it's Oof. all getting blown up. Yeah. Didn't age well. But I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'd ask somebody else. So like, I mean, Corey and Chris are probably waiting for it more. Um, but I mean, I love you and McGregor, so I was going to watch it anyway. So, yeah, well, I think we're getting on to basically the finale here. I mean, let's get to it. We, we could talk more about the droid Lola, new Star Wars character. That's actually pretty cool. I liked it. Um, Have we talked about Ice Chip yet? <laughs> that's good hey, my Abbasa wifey came up with that one <laughs> Ice, Chip. Ice Cube's son is in this Josh were you aware of that bye Felicia he's, pay- he's put on a few pounds since straight out of Compton but um, I-, I liked him a lot in this actually so yeah he got a cool role yeah his name's Roken I think and uh, he he's fine you know as kind of like a, a pseudo rebel alliance would be leader right he's like the you can tell he's gonna make his way through the ranks of the rebel alliance as they start to form uh the one thing about his involvement that i didn't like so obi-wan is like telling him like look man we need your help i gotta i gotta get to this place and rescue leia like i have to do it you don't know what the empire is capable of man and he's like i don't know what the empire is capable of i know very well then he like explains that they like they took his wife and his kid, or maybe it was just his wife. I don't know. And he's like, okay, I'll help you. Like right after saying that, it was just such a weird exchange. He's like, no, I won't help you. They killed my wife. I will help you. Like where's like the connection between like I won't and I will in that? It's kind of a small thing, I know. But other than that, I think he was pretty good. I like to think that Obi-Wan just like mind tricked him into being like on his side in that moment. No, that's a power that Obi-Wan has lost. He doesn't use it in the series at all. <laughs> Completely Nor- lost. That and force run. He doesn't have those anymore. Force speed. He's a, He's got the forced rock throw, though. Hell yeah. That's a new thing he just figured out. Sick. Yeah. We'll get to that in hey, just you, a I, You were talking about the finale, Josh. Before we do that, yes. Um, can we talk about Reva confronting Lord Vader? Yes, thank you. Yes, I mean, I already quickly spoiled that she gets stabbed in the gut earlier, but what do you guys think about this confrontation? What do you think, Chris? 
Well, we see, I got excited that the lightsaber was lethal again because it carved a hole in a blast door. Um, but the series for me took a huge turn in this. I think this is episode four we're in. Five. five episode yeah, right? five. Yeah. I think this is our first hint that she is not just pure evil. Um, and maybe gives credence to some of her awkwardness as you know, being a lethal inquisitor because she's maybe she seemed conflicted and maybe that's why some of the stuff she wasn't like, maybe the acting that wasn't convincing in the, in the episodes before, but it kind of redeemed some of that for me, made her character a little more believable, but man, this was quite the turn for a second to last episode. But why is she the bold one? Like in the first episode or whatever, Fifth brother is like Kenobi's supposed to be the bold one. No, dude. everyone knows that, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, like fifth brother is like, hey, stop chopping off hands, and she's like, this is the outer rim. You have no rights here. We're not under the empire. Be careful, third sister. You go too far. Maybe you don't go far enough. Why didn't they reverse that? I, I don't know. Please continue. Chris. That's not what the Empire is about, I don't think, at this point. Right? Like, they, they've clearly had their marching orders of, like, go down there, offer rewards, and take names when you, you know, when people leave anonymous tips or, you know, when they leave non-anonymous tips, whatever it may be. But she's doing her own thing. She's going above and beyond uh, the standard protocol. So I just think that she's kind of just defying orders in that scene. Yeah, and overall, for me, the, the conversation between Obi-Wan and her through the blast door, I did not expect it. This one was hard for, hard for me to believe, and I still struggle with it. That she is actually trying to hunt Darth Vader. I, I still haven't been able to settle that in my mind. Yeah, I kind of see what you mean. <laughs> I asked if that was reconciled earlier in the pod. It's just not, is it, guys? What it leads to is something that I really love. This is my favorite thing in this series as a whole. And that's when Vader shows up on the ground, right? He tries to stop the the rebel forces, the would-be rebel forces. And he does it in a big way, but that's not the part I'm talking about. Uh, but I'll, I'll describe it. They, like, seemingly take off in a ship. Right? And he stops that motherfucker with the force. Boom. Yeah. That was nice. A ship with the thrusters on. They hold on that, like him just holding it before he's able to like yank it back for like so deliciously long. Right. And you can feel the physics of it, right? Like it, like you can feel the ship moving yeah. and then it being stopped and pulled back. So that's just good special effects work right there. Like it, it looks and feels very accurate. You know, when it, when he pulls it to the ground, he fucking rips the side of the ship off. I don't think I've seen anything like that. So that was really cool. I mean, it's pretty small in the grand scheme of things and the story and everything, but it's it's a believable enough force power and it's fucking cool. Dude, like it, to see Darth Vader do that. I think I know yeah. why too, because like him pulling it down is one thing, but him just ripping sections out and you just saw him walk through a city snapping Rando's necks like they're screwed at this point, right? Oh, yeah. Like, this dude is fucking raw power. Darth Vader is my favorite Star Wars character. And a lot of it is just the, like, the badassery that comes with him. Like, he is so fucking powerful. 
Like this Hell is yeah. Darth Vader we're talking about. He is like the strongest force user in the galaxy. We'll talk about this, but <laughs> so when Reva comes and tries to like assassinate him, even though she's been like shown to be pretty powerful, yeah, you know, kicking the ass of everyone she encounters, she does not stand a motherfucking chance to Darth Vader. She doesn't. But you just said he pulled back the rebel ship. How did they get away? They, they were parked behind it. Yeah, they were parked behind it. I just wanted you to say that for the listener. I think a few people want to hear what happened. <laughs> like well, they, they didn't it, all die. I think it did a pretty good. I think it did a pretty good job of tricking us. I mean, I really, really thought uh, Chewbacca was on that plane when it came down, <laughs> but he was on the other one. Oh wait, I'm getting my movies mixed up. <laughs> See, they borrow from the best here in the Kenobi series. Even Ahsoka does this in the animated series, but they're all doing it slowly and struggling it and barely managed to do it. And he just snatched that thing. Force powers in the animated shows never quite looked very impressive to me. Like I understand they're impressive because I understand Star Wars, but like when it is real people, like it looks so fucking awesome, right? To see like the metal get shredded away and CG now is so good that it looks pretty fucking real. And that's the case in this show as well. The CG looks great. So to see Vader just do that, it's great. He tears her apart. But this battle, if you're going to mention Sith, I think maybe this is where you would do it. It's like very ritualistic. Like he almost kind of defeats her, but lets her live a couple times so that he can defeat right. her in different ways. He kicks the Sith out of her pretty bad. I mean... <laughs> Hey, you're not supposed Most to Most of the fight, he doesn't even have a lightsaber, which is cool. I know. And, and, and like, it, yeah. there's kind of like a fan theory I have about this, uh, which I'll talk about in a moment. But he doesn't have a lightsaber. He just uses the force while she's using her lightsaber, and he's just com- completely toying with her. And when he does get a lightsaber, like it's it's over within like 30 seconds or less, right? Because he gets like her lightsaber, breaks it in half, and then he gives her half, he just kicks her ass some more. He's basically like humiliating her, toying with her, kind of you know, playing with his prey. Um, but I want to quickly talk about a fan theory related to this that I had. I haven't been able to express anywhere yet, so I'm glad we have this podcast, Josh. Thank you. Reva is after Vader, right? I think there may have been a deleted scene or something where she gets his lightsaber away from him because I don't believe he has his lightsaber in the scene where he fights Reva. So I think there might have been something that they took out or rearranged where she concocted away before he got there so that he doesn't have his saber. So she thinks he'll be more on the defenseless side, obviously not completely defenseless, but more vulnerable at least. And that's when she's going to take him out because he doesn't whip his out at all. He uses hers instead. And it really just makes me ask, why? But does he need to? He's obviously toying with her. So right. But why does he use hers and not his? insult to injury I don't know I'm with, I mean I guess we'll find out at some point anyway that that was my fan theory he might be torturing her and if she's that strong while being on the fence between light and evil if he can get her to go full Sith I never really got the idea in this series that Reva was on the border between like good and evil I think she was like Oh. Pretty much on the evil side, but just kind of conflicted with what her own goals are, right? Should I do X or Y? And both of which will fall kind of on the dark side. Should I capture Obi-Wan, kill him, bring him to Vader, or should I kill Vader? 
either way, she's doing fucked up shit for herself. I don't think she's necessarily um, giving in to the light, so to speak. Okay. Let's see what you mean. Maybe not, maybe not in this episode, but if it weren't for the Inquisitor also getting stabbed in the stomach and surviving, I kind of like this little bit of writing where Vader, correct me if I'm wrong, but he says, like, you don't think I felt it? that you were alive or that you were a Padawan in the past. Like, Oh yeah. He knows all her shit, but here he is doing the same thing. So I can't help but think like he's still toying with her and hopefully, hopefully if we see her continue as a character in the star Wars universe, like he still knows she's alive in the same way as he did before, because it's like the same shit, right? He stabbed her in the stomach again. It's like the same exact shit. I'm assuming she was bleeding out continuously for the rest of the series. (laughs) So she's dead by now. Is this like the end of drive? We don't know if she's bled out or not. Right. Yeah. Well, you don't bleed out from a lightsaber wound. It cauterizes, right? Cauterize. That's exactly what I said. Why did Qui-Gon die then? But you have a (laughs) lightsaber going through organs in your stomach that will kill you. Come on, man. If poop can't get through to go out of the rectum, it'll just kill you. It'll can't. come out the dick. No, it, it'll just stay inside you and fester, and that's not good for she's you. She's just cl- getting clogged up. It stabbed Qui-Gon's liver, and you know, he didn't want to live if he couldn't drink his blue milk. His Qui-Gon gin. Ooh, <laughs> jeez. You're not allowed to say uh, We got to mark this not for kids on YouTube now, thanks to that. For what, Gin? Corey's joke was real dirty. Do you think about it? Qui-Gon gin? So a gin, like the alcohol. Not jizz. Oh, yeah. Not jizz, bro. But that's going to take that one out. I thought it was a cum joke. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) Now we got to mark it. Have you guys seen Buster Scruggs, the Coen Brothers thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like Tom Waits' character when he gets shot. He's like... You beastly scum! You shot me in the back! Ah! 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 You didn't hit me in any of my good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens to like everyone in Star Wars from Qui-Gon Jinn on. Oh my gosh, yeah. Sorry about your boy though, Chris. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we are on to part six, the finale of the series. And really, all we really, really need to talk about is... They finally confront Vader, who was formerly Anakin, and Obi-Wan. Kylo, it was rumored they would fight twice. You didn't want to believe they'd fight so soon. But here it is, the second one. What happens here? Well, it's such a good intro. Mm. I was just loving the fact that we have this huge 
Star Destroyer chasing this small plant, this small ship just kind of slaloming through space. And they couldn't just get past the shields, like... Right, and it's not like Darth Vader is the best pilot in the galaxy and could just get in his, like, super fast fighter and go chase him. He was just really toying with him, and I think this shows, hey, Vader's conflicted too, and there's stuff he has to settle before he just annihilates Obi-Wan Kenobi for good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we don't get a scene of him going more, more, more. He just says more one time. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough <laughs> mores. <laughs> I, I, I can agree with that. I don't think he wants to blow Obi-Wan Kenobi out of the sky. I don't think he wants to blow his ship up. I think he wants to continue to beat his ass like he did earlier. Again, I don't like the fact that these two guys are fighting each other all the time. Like every few weeks they're fighting before the original trilogy. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> like how? This That's why I was I thought Brett was alluding to earlier about like this was like an alternate like <laughs> Star Wars timeline or something. Like this is the what if Star Wars. Like what if they fought all the time before the original trilogy? Kylo, <laughs> but, are those some of your favorite moments? in Star Wars history when like Obi-Wan is talking to Luke in A New Hope. As a force ghost? No. When he's like describing like, oh, your father was this. And like also when he meets Anakin and says like the last time we were a master, like I feel like you hold that stuff very dear. And I, I'm not saying that's wrong. And I do too, but I just want to emphasize that. Yeah, no, I mean, I just, I remember when that was like the world of Star Wars was like those lines, right? Like your yeah. father was a, a great starfighter pilot and he was my best friend. And we were like, you know, Obi-Wan's telling the story about how they were war buddies and like there was no prequels out. And like, I understood like that's like, that was specifically what their history was. And then later, you know, we find out that Anakin is Vader, of course. And then we going back, we realized that he became Vader and met Obi-Wan again. And that's, you know, why they exchange words the way that they do. You know, um, when we last met, I was but a learner back in the days of the Clone Wars, you know, back when I was a Padawan learner, you were the master. Now I'm a master. Look at me now. It's been a while. Uh, that's kind of, no, I don't want to say it's thrown away, but it, it's, it's hard to reconcile these things. And as much like fan service as we get in the last episode, I struggle with that a lot. And I I don't mean to say fan service necessarily as a complete like pejorative. I think fan service is good at times. I'm a fan, you know, and I like to be serviced. I just <laughs> I I want the story to still work with the rest of the story, especially when I'm talking about the best of the story. Like if they broke some things in the prequels like they do with the Clone Wars, like I don't really care. Right, like Grievous and Anakin encounter each other a bunch of times in the Clone Wars, and then in Revenge of the Sith, it's played up like they meet for the first time. I don't really care, but I think there's something a little bit more special and personal about the OT for me. Do you think that the line of "You didn't kill Anakin, I did"? Do you think that's to reconcile what people thought in the original trilogy when? Obi-Wan's like, hey, uh, Darth Vader killed your father. Is that like 
like a callback to that maybe, or am I reading way too much into that? No, I think it definitely is. But it also like really brings up the question to me of like, why in that moment is Darth Vader trying to make Obi-Wan feel better? Right. Right. That's what it came across as. He's like, Obi-Wan, I'm not your failure. He's like, you didn't kill Anakin. I did. It's not so bad, bro. It's like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> what that's the fuck? The, what is this relationship? That's the way it comes across when you, when I watched it, when I think any viewer watches it. That's how it feels like. But like, I heard some people reviewing it and they were like, no, that's like Darth Vader taking credit for like the kill. Oh, he thought Obi-Wan had but like no when you when you watch this it seems pretty clear that it's like he sees like obi-wan is stressed out and he's like chill bro i killed anakin like the more evil thing the more vader thing to do i think would be like you failed anakin skywalker you know like you fucked that up think about you know this he would still be around if you hadn't fucked that up But maybe that's also his way of burying the past and justifying, you know, not being around Padme and being around his kids anymore. I mean, obviously, he's he's found out at least one still alive with Leia in this series. I was 100% certain a line was coming and then it didn't happen. And I was really glad because it would have been really lame. Did anybody did anybody else think that when Vader threw him in that hole that he was going to say something in particular. Oh, yeah, bro. I was like, don't do it. Yes. I know. Thank God. I was like, don't say that you have the high ground. Yo, but he didn't have to say it because he had the high yeah, ground. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Oh, that's yeah. true. And that's better. That's <laughs> yeah. better. Trust the high your ground now, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, he didn't have to say it, but I, I saw it and I was like, fuck. R.I.P. my feed with high ground memes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> with... <laughs> With uh, these fake deaths that we've been railing on being so rampant, it happens again here because Vader gets the best of Obi-Wan again. This is their second fight. He got him on that mining planet. He like messed him up. And here he's doing basically the same thing. And instead of just like slicing him down, he digs this hole, puts Obi-Wan in it. With the shovel. And starts burying him with all these rocks. This almost goes back to Buster Scruggs again, I feel like. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> yeah, he, he gets him with the rocks. And it does <laughs> seem like, oh, shit, how does Obi-Wan get out of that, right? Like, that was my first thought. Right. I was like, he's going to be fucked up. He's going to be, like, in a wheelchair for the next 10 years. Like, by the time <laughs> Luke sees him, he just got out of the wheelchair, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and Darth Vader starts walking away. And there's actually a cool moment in here. And it, again, it's with flashbacks, but they show Obi-Wan. He's down there being buried, but almost like Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. He's not done yet. He's got a few tricks up his sleeve. He's holding <laughs> He's holding like this little <laughs> air pocket clear mm. with like the force. Good reference. And he's just like barely holding strong. And he's got these like echoing voices of like Padme and then Leia talking. And then seeing Luke because that child child actor doesn't actually speak and then hearing Leia talk again <laughs> and, then, and then Padme and then it's Leia and then you like see child Luke again real quick because he doesn't have any actual lines he does he does, does he, he said I'm not afraid oh, okay. he said I'm not afraid and I thought they were going to say you, you will, will be. be yeah 
I'm not afraid. I know. Well, when he was with Uncle Owen, I thought he was going to be like, oh, it sure is nice here at the Tashi station. <laughs> or something like that. I thought it was gonna, or there was going to be a Tashi station. Somewhere. I need to get some power converters. Yeah. I anyway. wish he would have said, I want to go, I want to bullseye some womp rats in my T-16. But <laughs> Luke, you really got to stop killing small animals. It's, <laughs> it's not right, man. <laughs> uh, did Obi-Wan get his right arm hurt in episode four or five? I can't remember. Yeah, he got no. it like all because, burned up. Okay, because I was like, when did he become left-handed? Did you guys notice he... Did almost that entire last fight? Uh, no, it's a subtle touch. I guess that would make sense because he didn't spend that much time in the back to tank. So I imagine his skin would uh, still be a major problem and he'd be uh, in a lot of pain. And actually, but, not only is he holding it uh, and using the force as right hand, actually when he prones up and he's actually left-handed, he's got... So it was just really weird seeing him like that. Maybe he put his uh, force user abilities in his primary weapon slot and uh, secondary weapon with his <laughs> yeah, lightsaber at that point. A, a med pack in the other hand in case there he gets go. injured. To use at any time he may need. Under a bunch of rocks, that would make sense. But the way this plays out, I'll just give out the basic gist of it, is Obi-Wan, after Vader turns his back on his buried former mentor, he busts out of the pile of rocks unburies himself and confronts Vader again. And I want to get your reflections or any like highlights you guys may have on this, but I wanted to tell you, I think it's really lame that Vader leaves him for dead without like knowing. And so like what I wish would have happened is I wish he would have started burying Obi-Wan just like he does that you see on screen. And he starts turning away. Like he has victory. But then there's like a little head tilt because he still feels with the force. Obi-Wan is still alive, right? So he gets like yeah. fucking pissed and he turns around and he starts like tearing off bigger pieces and like pounding it down even worse. And that's when we get Obi-Wan's like little montage of like, oh, hi, I'm Leia. Silent Luke. Oh, hi, I'm Leia. I'm really cool. <laughs> Silent Luke. And then he like even despite Vader actively like pushing down on him with the force, he like busts through all of it without Vader back turn like a naive idiot. He just goes like through Vader and then the final battle can ensue as it does in this. I would have loved to see that. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, I like that for the most part. Thanks, Corey. But for the most part, I thought you might like that a little bit. But Chris, can you walk us through how Obi-Wan actually dispatches of his former youngling? Well, I'll try to explain that scene you just went through there. I, I imagine Darth Vader having this force mana bar. And his strategy is to use his entire mana bar in like 30 seconds. Yeah, he's got 30 <laughs> stacks of rage, just like in Knights of the Old Republic. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going for there. Burn it's like when him. you pull down the spaceship and then the other one just gets up and leaves. He's just like, damn, I used all my mana. Um, but I was so impressed. Obi-Wan getting back on the combat side of things. He busts out this whole new attacking style that we've never seen before. Like tilting forward, running off of the terrain. I was loving that. Totally unexpected, which, uh, yeah, Darth Vader wasn't expecting that either. Because I think in all the flashbacks of them sparring, you never saw him go so, you never saw Obi-Wan go so hard at his opponent like that. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Like we it. haven't seen that, which uh, leads me to believe that Obi-Wan can't do that. <laughs> what do you mean? Obi-Wan goes like full on like Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker or Rey Skywalker levels of force power in this fight for, you know, when he comes back from underground and he starts just throwing all the rocks at him, right? So he lifts all these like boulders into the air. Like this is like a massive display of force power right here. Like this is a big deal. It was to me when I saw it. I was like, holy shit. Obi-Wan's doing that? Could it be like Luke? Like going, taking in the rage? Like he like he does in Return of the Jedi? Something that, you know, Yoda or Mace Windu never did. But I don't know. I'm just Maybe it was a quick moment of rage and he got some of the Sith power. Some great Jedi action. You know, unlimited, unlimited power. Force unleashed. I can see that. Uh, not something that they conveyed, but again, maybe something that <laughs> one could do. Uh, yeah, I guess it may, I, you're right. I mean, I'm just kind of grasping straws. Like he, they didn't really. It seems like he grasped onto like the like the hope and like the you know the affection for the people he cares about to like kind of balance himself with the Force and bring him back to where he normally is at his like you know prequel power level. But again, my point is that. He does like something like magnificent with the force that it doesn't just seem like in Obi-Wan's lane to me. And that leads to Obi-Wan defeating Vader, which also doesn't seem like something in Obi-Wan's lane to me. Right? Like he, I, I like the character moment that it gives us. Like I, mostly for like the visuals and like the, the filmmaking aspects of, it you know, cool, hearing man. Vader and stuff. The double audio. I struggled with this scene a lot because there's like things I like happening and then things I don't like happening at the same time. Can you narrow down the things you don't like to like one big issue? Canon. Canon Is stuff. Canon? Yeah. Like, and again, like Obi-Wan's like power, like he just like fucks Vader up here, right? He comes in to fight Vader He's like, let's finish this. And, you know, he says to his old line to Vader, I will do what I must. Like, I'm going to take you out. And then he, like, has this massive display of force power, probably beyond his ability, debatably. I know some people will probably jump down my throat for that in the comments, whatever. And then doesn't do anything. It's just like, goodbye, Darth. Walks the fuck away. He has made that mistake before, has he not? Yeah. Too much love there. He saw him kill younglings. What's he holding on to Darth for? I mean, at least at the time, he still called him Anakin, like in the prequels in Revenge of the Sith, right? Like, I can't bring myself to kill Anakin. This is him coming to terms with that. This isn't Anakin anymore. That's the point yeah. of their interaction in this scene. This is no longer Anakin. Anakin even, or oh, Vader even makes him feel better about that fact. <laughs> I love and that. And then he just walks away. I no killing it. blow. I take issue with that, though. I think this is hitting the same beat as Revenge of the Sith. Does he really? He already says in Revenge of the Sith, then you are truly lost. It's here. It's so different that then he you're truly de dead. Like, yeah, because that's not those aren't that's not his goodbye in Revenge of the Sith. His goodbye is you are my brother, Anakin. I love you. That's where he's at at the end of the fight when he's uh, hurt, when when Vader's down. And that makes sense to not see him again until. It's played by Sir Alec Guinness, if you think about it, right? Well, yeah, well, he can't kill him, right? That's why he didn't. But it, it, it doesn't work with the story. <laughs> the reason he didn't kill him is because he's alive in the fucking OT. Are you guys 
Brett, Chris, are you guys hearing what I'm putting down? Do you guys feel like this is actually kind of like I get that they're on a different planet. It's Darth more so like machine Darth versus Obi-Wan. So it's a different visual. But like the beat they hit here is kind of the emotional same thing. Like you used to be my brother and now you're that person's dead to me. It's the same thing, right? I get a little bit of that. I mean, I could see both your guys' points, but yeah, I, we still need Anakin to save Luke in episode six, right? Well, I agree that the OT is the reason he doesn't do it for if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We tried to sum up Reva's arc a long time ago. Well, real quick, Josh, what did you think about the mask broken version of Vader and the voice effect? The voice effect Much I thought better. was genius. Much better. The yeah. mask, it's been done, right? Like, that's the same thing that happened in Clone Wars or, or in Rebels. So I think they kind of needed that because I liked seeing Hayden, right? But I don't like the fact that, like, Vader's out there getting his mask cracked in half multiple times. You know what I mean? Like that happens to him all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah, like every third mission, he's like, ah, I got another cracked helmet. Like, <laughs> That's why he gets a replace so fast. It's because he knows he's going to need more for when the next time it happens. He's got a whole like closet of just like helmets and dark cloaks. It's a different one. Yeah, it's day. like the Batcave in, in Burton's yeah. 89. Do you wear the same thing every day, Darth? No, I got 10 of these. It's all good. <laughs> Which really makes like Kylo's version of the helmet like not that special. Like that was just one of hundreds. You know, yeah, Kylo has the broken Darth Vader <laughs> helmet. Could you not find more pieces or something, Kylo? Hmm? <laughs> At the very end, the end spoilers to this are that. Obi-Wan does get to meet Luke and all they really show of that interaction is Obi-Wan saying hello there, which is like so freaking great. You love that, right, Kylo? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it could have been used uh, incorrectly in a number of places in this series. And I was like, oh, man, they're not going to say it here, are they? Thank God it was used in a lighthearted way, in a lighthearted moment. They held back, but... Just really quickly, before that, Reva has a chance to kill Luke in this like revenge act against Anakin from way back in the day. She doesn't do it. We all know Luke survives, so it's kind of this flat moment that's hardly worth even yeah. talking about. The whole last episode, unfortunately, is a flat moment when you think about it. But since I enjoyed it, I feel like that's a t- testament to... I thought it was pretty good, but like, literally, you know, Owen, Varu, Luke, Leia, they all survive. So it's kind of like the mistakes aren't super high. What about Baru and uh, she's got like the gun, but it's like a regular gun. <laughs> That's it's what I was like, going to say. It's like, like a human gun. <laughs> I want to just skip past it. Okay. I love the fact they gave Owen and Baru agency and they like kind of badass here because like when I was thinking of them throughout this whole series, I was like, okay, as soon as anyone tries to kill them, it's over because if a stormtrooper tries to kill them, they turn into a skeleton in the front yard. So they're screwed. Yeah. But <laughs> they immediately disintegrate into a skeleton state. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact they take up arms in this. I really like the one line where Baru looks at Owen and she's like, 
yeah, Obi-Wan's gone right now. Whose fault is that? That like yeah. that really worked. That was like a flash of like, I think really good writing in here. But Reva returns Luke and Brett, you were saying earlier, like with everything falling flat, I think the quintessential moment of that, they're act they're like asking the actors who play Owen, Baru and Obi-Wan to play to like build it up so much when they're looking yeah, at it's like, Luke in mm-hmm. the distance being carried. Like, wasn't that awkward to you? God, the worst, dumbest joke just popped in my head. Um, say yeah, it, I, say I mean, it. I'd already made the joke earlier. That's why it's so dumb, but it'd been really funny if when he starts to move, they like rush and they feed him that blue milk. And that's why he like loves blue milk <laughs> later on. <laughs> they got to tie it all together. Dude, you should have been. Get him his right. They don't leave any loose ends. Get him his favorite toy and his favorite drink. <laughs> and the same outfit. Dude. I mean, I, I, <laughs> him and Leia, the same outfit from when they're like locked in time from 10 mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And the, oh, God, no, I, I shouldn't say that. Because I don't mean it in the way I'm thinking about it. But anyway, I know where you're going. Um, just move on on that one. I don't th- Okay, um, I don't know if I would classify as awkward, but it's just like, I don't know what they were going for. Um, maybe it's just their attempt. Like, the, how lucky did they get 17 years ago that they, uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank on the name. This is embarrassing. Hold on. Luke Skywalker? Like, no, they got super lucky that they cast, gosh dang it, a really famous actor. Joel Edgerton. Uh, thank you. And like they're like, well, we have a really good actor here, and he's not in the mo- in the show much. Like maybe we could show him acting, but I don't know. <laughs> that's it's like it's extended a little. It's just bit. crazy enough to work. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like you have Joel Edgerton, and he's in like nine minutes of a six thing. I, I don't know. It's just maybe just to bring him in a little bit, and like, oh, he's a good actor. Look, everybody. But the thing is, he shines as a good actor in this. Like, can you feel that? Yeah. It's cool. That's a one, like, little cool thing. But, Chris... Uncle Owen is such a fucking prick. Like, he's always been an asshole. And, like, (laughs) even when he's being, like, nice, (laughs) he's like, all right, you can say hi to Luke once and then get the fuck out. But also, why are you even here in the first place? (laughs) Or, like, when they first meet Anakin, he's kind of a dick to him. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm Owen. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, for Lars. This is my girlfriend. She's the only one I ever had. Chris, last word for you because Qui-Gon Chris. Oh, yeah. I, you got to tell us like Obi-Wan gives Luke the toy. They meet. He says hello there. He starts walking out in the desert to just like find peace. And Qui-Gon is there. Hell yeah, he is. He doesn't look any older either. He's well because he's got that CGI effect. He's not even listed in the credits. There's no Liam Neeson there. That blew my mind. I wonder if Liam Neeson is just too expensive. <laughs> but, Probably don't uh, want to spoil anything. They don't want. They want you to be surprised. I think. <laughs> I hope there's a another Obi Wan series. Um, for the sake of canon, maybe not any more interaction with the Skywalkers, but maybe it's just ventures of Obi-Wan with getting his confidence back and using that swagger for good, maybe helping out with resistance in other ways. But uh, Obi got his groove back. The series definitely redeemed itself with the last episode. 
I confession, sometimes when I'm watching an episode, I would like to see exactly how long it is not counting the credits. So I'll hover my mouse over the to find like where the credits start. Ooh. And I saw like a little quick freaking thumbnail of Qui-Gon Jinn <laughs> when I just first started the episode. Damn, you fucked up, bro. Yeah, that's pretty devastating. What well, they did plant that he's going to show up many times in the series. So, of course, yeah. he's going to, right? Yeah. I mean, constantly Obi-Wan is looking outside of his F-14 saying, like, Goose, talk to me. And so he finally does here at the end. Talk to me, Goose. Yeah. Talk to me, Goose. Sorry. Talk to wrong. me, Dad. Did you like it, Kylo? Did you like seeing him here? Yeah. Top Gun Maverick was awesome. Like, it was really cool to see Tom Cruise, like, come back. Oh, no, no, no. no I'm just Morbius. kidding. Morbius. Did you like Morbius? <laughs> Yeah, Jared Leto is probably one of the best working actors in Hollywood. I know you hated the movie, but you don't think he's a good actor? Uh, he's all right. Not, he's the best no. cult leader actor working in Hollywood. I'll say that. Even that's debatable. But I just don't know of any others. But um, the the ending of this feels like like it hits you with like three moments of fan service within eight minutes. It's like Palpatine. Hello there, Qui-Gon and credits. <laughs> so uh, I noticed that and I think people like that. I think a lot of the reasons people like praise this last episode are for those three things and the Obi-Wan Vader fight, right? And I don't think anyone's really saying that this last episode was great because Reva was chasing loose, uh, Luke in the Jenlin wastes. Like, I don't think any of that yeah. is anything anyone cares about at all, right? So... It's these like fan service moments. Now, the thing with Qui-Gon is I thought he was going to help in some way, but he's more of right. just like a visual representation of Obi-Wan's character arc in the series, right? Like Obi-Wan reconnecting with the Force, kind of like maybe like gaining his, um, his hope back because he's very hopeless at the beginning of the series. So we see Qui-Gon like as a reflection of that. But I was hoping that Qui-Gon would be more in service of Obi-Wan's character arc as opposed to like a representation of it. But that was just me. Are you saying that Obi-Wan gets a new hope at the end? Oh, shit. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh, there is another. I'm, I'm bringing the puns. <laughs> I'm bringing all the puns. I mean, you guys either, people listening either love me this episode or you hate me. I, you know. <laughs> either way, I'll take it. That's what I am. Yeah. <laughs> We're in final thoughts right now. Let's do it. I do have two final thoughts. Uh, both are kind of for Corey, I guess. So uh, take this for what it is. It's a Screen Rant article, Corey, about um, why Darth Vader, why they think Darth Vader didn't use his lightsaber against Reva. Um, one is that the things that I said, like he wants to embarrass her and show her what real power is and everything like that. But also it's, it sounds like it's kind of a callback maybe to when Obi and Anakin are training and Obi takes his lightsaber from him and how humiliating that is to him. So he wants to humiliate her by doing the same thing and feel the power of being able to take it. I mean, how often have we ever seen a Jedi take another Jedi's lightsaber? Never. Yeah. We've seen that is in that same episode. Mm -hmm. So I can see the reasoning because it's all in that one episode five, those flashbacks and all. Yeah. I, I was just thinking that like, does Reva really think she can just like, Take him one on one, like she had to have had like some plan of like how I'm gonna do this, like just 
sneaking up on him. It just doesn't seem like quite enough for me. But I, I actually, I like that. No, she would have had a much better chance of sneaking up and like with a blaster and execution style him in the back of the helmet. But that's just not how they do things. Okay, so sorry for that, Violet. Um, the second point I have is I'm going to go against what I said earlier in defense of Obi-Wan with the power. I thought back to episode three, the movie, Josh, there you go, episode three. Not part three. And like a lot of people think of uh, Yoda as being maybe the strongest Jedi Force user. And then when he fights Palpatine at the end of three, he takes so much effort to catch one of those little things and he spins it around. It takes him a lot of effort. And then Palpatine's literally just throwing him with no effort taken at all. And I remember actually I read the book as well. And Yoda pretty much says that the power level between him and Sidious is like not comparable. So I'm kind of with you. Like even if he was really mad, I don't see him be able to throw rocks like that. That's a Sith thing to me. Yeah. Like I, I feel like in like the games, like that's kind of like undermined some of the stuff in the movies. Cause like in the games, like the force unleashed, like the amount of like force power your character has is just like insane. Like it's nothing you'd see like in the movie, unless it's like one of the big characters like Anakin or when he becomes Vader or Luke or whatever. So that like that kind of power, that like raw power that he's lifting up, like that's Rey's big moment in The Last Jedi. Her big force power moment is she like lifts all those rocks and lets them out of the cave. And that's supposed to be like the wow, like she is really powerful with the force. And Obi-Wan is just doing that here. Some people yeah. do claim that Obi-Wan is like the best Jedi. And like this is kind of his peak. His powers. I think have they been- mean like in the way that Captain Picard's like the best captain, though, right? Like he's like the quintessential Jedi. He's the best. He's the best of them. Yeah. Is not as not necessarily the best one, but the best of them. Is that what you're saying, Kylo? Yeah, that's what I think that means, right? In terms of like uh, his experience and like his like kind of more by the book nature, especially compared to like Anakin and Ahsoka, and I don't know him being like. Um, Definitely one of the strongest, for sure. But I don't even think he's he's as strong as they portrayed him here. He's a master in that fighting form, though. Keep this in mind. Kyle, Kyle you earlier said Vader basically uses his mana bar in the first three seconds of the fight, right? And it can I think someone out. else said that, but I mean, Chris, I, I can kind of see what yeah, Chris did. Yeah, he's yeah. passionate. He uses that mana bar all the time in fights, conflicts. He's always using it up and down, up and down. Obi-Wan's a different kind of cat. His refractory period has been going for nigh on 10 years without even using the force. That, that's got that kind of. He's been saving up force. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of momentum. He's got some blue balls of force that need to come out. I don't know if atrophy works that way, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) It's not atrophy. That's what I'm saying. It's blue balls. It's pretty much exactly what it is, but yeah. I guess blue balls could... (laughs) I mean, his lightsaber is blue, correct? Right. There it is. This is the deep stuff the fans come to listen to spoilers for. That was a perfect, I think, final thought. (laughs) Let's get into yes or no's. Let's get into yes or no's. Kylo, you went first. West Foldest to East Foldest. Go for it. All right. This is Corey Kylo Ren memes. I've been talking a lot on this episode. 
Uh, so I apologize. Uh, a quick thing that we didn't talk about. Here's another. There's a lot of things in here that we didn't have time for. But uh, at like the Inquisitor Lair, which is like a pyramid kind of facility, there's like a bunch of frozen in amber, I think, like old Jedi and some of which like they even have like a youngling in there. Um, that part, I think we'll see more of in Star Wars. I think they're setting something up there. Austin Maybe Powers with, like, is in there too. Yeah, Austin Powers is in there. Maybe with more clones or something, but I couldn't help but laugh at the fact that they didn't take that stupid fucking helmet off the youngling. Like, they're like about to pour the amber on him, right? Like, should we take this helmet off? I didn't even think about that. It's like, no, look how stupid he looks. Keep it on him so he can look stupid for all eternity. <laughs> oh, man, that's that shit. That's silly. Anyway, I'm going to give this series a soft yes because there are many things in this series that I appreciate as a fan. And there's a lot of fan service in here. You know, I like the some of the questions that it answers in terms of like, you know, what's Obi-Wan's like state of mind uh, after Revenge of the Sith, even years after Revenge of the Sith. And it's it's a satisfying answer, I think. He's like disconnected from the force he's very depressed he basically hates his life and is only sticking around because he made a promise to like distantly look over luke and you know he reluctantly gets involved in the mission that the story is and as we go through it there are things in there that i do like and things that i don't um cinematically i think it all looks really cool but again the continuity problems or questions that it raises the fact that it raises as many continuity questions as it does is a problem right there maybe people have answers for those but i think at best a lot of those answers are a stretch right those questions i don't think should be there right so that's my biggest problem with it it was entertaining for the most part as a star wars fan i knew this series was going to be trouble because obi-wan is like uh a mainstay, popular, standout character. Um, you know, he's in the OT, he's in the prequels. Ewan McGregor is beloved. I knew there was going to be a lot of hype for this, so I really tried to set my expectations low. You know, it's hard to do that, but I, I tried. I think I was mostly successful. What I didn't anticipate is continuity problems. I was like, there's no way they're going to fuck with a continuity of the OT, and I was wrong. Aside from that, you know, I do like the character of Riva. I know that she was controversial online. I think that most of that stems from the fact that a popular YouTuber called Star Wars Theory said that she was annoying. And uh, it seems like the internet just took that opinion and ran with it. And then they ran it into the ground. Like it became, she's annoying. She's the worst. I hate her. She's a, and then you know what happened there. So I think people just kind of like exaggerated oh some pre-existing opinions that weren't their own. I think she's great because I hated her. When all the villains were doing a certain thing, when they were tracking down the Jedi, like I, you know, I knew it was bad and stuff, but like when she got involved and when she turned the tables on their plan, I was like, oh, this fucking bitch, I can't believe she's doing that. So I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't like her. And I think that's a good thing because I'm not supposed to like her. She's doing things that are, you know, uh, negative to the characters that I'm supporting in the show. So anyway, that's my defense of Reva. Ewan McGregor's a fucking legend. You know, I love him. I think he's one of the best things about the prequel trilogy, and I'm glad we saw more of him. Soft yes for me. We see plenty of him and too much of him in Train Spotting. So oh boy. Do you think uh, Reva and Obi Wan hook up? 
<laughs> Yo, I didn't <laughs> want to nice talk about his blue balls together. and blue lightsaber this month. That's a question I have so. yet to hear asked, Brett. So thank you for <laughs> making me think about that. This is Josh. What else is Reva going to do? This is Josh. Sorry, Josh yeah, this is Josh from Goshen. <laughs> I'm going to give this a soft yes. Intellectually, it's probably a soft no, but I do have like just kind of like a Obi-Wan fetish. He's always been my favorite character in Star Wars. I, if there's magic still in the OT in the Star Wars franchise, a lot of it comes down to like Obi-Wan for me. I I just love Sir Alec Guinness and also um, Ewan McGregor and how they portray the character. Uh, one thing that surprised me, Kylo, that you didn't complain about was that Luke is chased by Riva and she has a lightsaber but I think if you look closely because there's that famous line where like he sees a lightsaber for the first time that's one of the coolest things about New Hope when Luke discovers a lightsaber along with the audience but here she has an, a lightsaber with ar- within arm's length of Luke but alas He's passed out for it. And honestly, this passed out stuff is bullcrap. That doesn't happen to a human. Brett, back me up. Like, if you get knocked out and don't come back to in the first couple seconds, like, you are going to be. You're in trouble. Yeah, that's not good stuff. Like, this whole thing about, like, getting knocked out and opening and, like, opening your eyes in a different room, it's just like a movie gag. <laughs> and. That's what happens to Luke so that he doesn't see a lightsaber. But at least, Kylo, he doesn't see a lightsaber. So I hope you find solace in that. But anyway, <laughs> I just think that's a quintessential thing uh, to bring up as I give this a really soft yes as a series. And that is my final review of this. Is this a lightsaber? I've never seen one. Came real close once, but never really saw one. <laughs> it was buried in the dirt. I never pressed the button on it. Don't worry about it. Aren't they it. supposed to be red? <laughs> I've only seen a red one. What is this? Blue this thing. lady had a red flashlight. <laughs> anyway, Chris, thank you so much for being on the pod, Qui-Gon Chris. What's your yes or no binary rating of this series? Well, yeah, this has been really fun. Thanks for the invite. Um, I'm going to put it as binary as you did. A really soft yes. Um, has some reasons why there. Um, and I'm looking over the episodes and who's involved with directing and writing. And I just really hope going forward with Star Wars stories, they use consistent writers for any future TV series or streaming series. Um, I think... Just as a Star Wars fan who's immersed in the universe and played various games and read various books, it just boggles my mind that um, they would call all the old stuff not canon other than the movies. But then they also have a another series like for Moon Knight where you can't even freaking follow it unless you've read the comics. It just really grinds my gears. Um, so going forward, having consistent writers should really help with that. Um, but overall, I think the Darth Vader Appreciation Club would um, be happy with the series. And as a Qui-Gon fan, I got what I wanted out of it. So hopefully they keep building on that. 
really soft yes. Thanks, Chris. Brett? Uh, I'll be quick. I, I, I probably like this more than most. Uh, I don't really care about the, the canon stuff as much, so I'll give it a solid yes. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's kind of got me a new love again for Star Wars, so how long it'll, that'll last, I don't know. We'll find out, but solid yes. I'm excited for you because uh, Mandalorian, Rogue One, Boba Fett, those are all really good ones. So it sounds like you have some good catching up to do there. Well, I think there's some credence, too, to what Brett's saying. Like, not everyone is as steeped in Star Wars and takes it as seriously as myself, Qui-Gon Chris, Kylo, Ren memes, Corey. <laughs> like, Brett, what... <laughs> Let's let, let's end this pod on a happy note. Like, why? What were the things that sparked your fire that would later light a rebellion in your heart for this? <laughs> Talk shit about the um, sequels one more motherfucking time. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I love. I've, since I was a little kid, I've just loved lightsaber battles, and I, I might be one of the few that I love the prequel lightsaber battles. I know that became like ridiculous how good they were uh, especially after seeing what you know an old man Al Guinness fighting is but I love that kind of stuff I love lightsaber <laughs> battles in the dark and we got tons of those uh, I don't know I just think people I feel like the more you see Darth Vader fight the better um, I don't know Josh it just I like Moses Ingram I just I liked it all I I dug it. So, what about um, old man Hayden Christensen battling uh, or training? I thought you mentioned Obi Wan. <laughs> they did not. Why didn't they de age him more? Is that you, Obi Wan? Come yeah. here, Sonny. I haven't seen Brady's you in two like, days. He's like he looks older than Obi Wan. They didn't de age him because of Pappy's backlash against de aging Luke and like bringing. Oh, his, they heard Pappy's yeah, Mando podcast yeah. complaints. Yeah, but they could do it a little bit. Okay, listen, guys. Going to keep this pod under two hours. Really quick trivia to see who will toss us out to spoiler man. Very quick. All right, quick. It is. Go. Kylo, what is the age difference in years and months between Obi-Wan Kenobi's Ewan McGregor and Darth Vader Anakin Skywalker's Hayden Christensen? 12 years, two months. Right. Or is that no, the answer? No, yeah, uh, no, it's not the correct answer. Kai, uh, Chris. 15 years. Okay. Brett? I'm going to say five years. The correct answer is 10 years and actually 19 days, which puts Kylo as the winner. Kylo, you get the last word, and please give us a great you, Ewan McGregor toss out to Spoiler Man. All right. All I want to say is this. A lot of people listen to this show, hundreds, maybe even thousands, who knows, right? We get message requests of people that want us to review certain movies pretty frequently. We're very busy, but we can do it if you subscribe to our Patreon. Just for a month. Just for one month. You can subscribe for a month and cancel, but if you do subscribe, you get to request a movie and we will do it. So if you're thinking about a certain movie that you really want us to talk about that we'll probably never get to that's the best way to do it and plus it supports this podcast so that's really 
uh, what we ask if you have a movie request. You can still send it if you don't do the Patreon, but we probably won't get to it. So <laughs> I'm so glad you won trivia at this point. Put up or shut up. <laughs> We're trying to bring Kylo home. It's Indiana. That's right. Subscribe to the Patreon. That's going to fly me out to Indiana. <laughs> For real. <laughs> uh, I think that's all we got. I leave you with this. Goodbye there. <laughs> Surprisingly funny. Special thank you to our patrons, Nick. My mentor taught me everything about the Force. Brother Brian. I found a way to save you. Matt Troll. Only through me can you achieve a power greater than any Jedi. The Meg. The boy you trained, gone he is. David. I have failed you. Nurse Stacy. Jedi cannot help what they are. Druid King. You came to us from the gutter. The Wall. Please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Stand down. You will be dealt with when we return. Should I press stop? Secret. That was spoilers.